When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. One way to do that is by taking your questions in this podcast, but we can't ever get to all your questions. That's where our Team Clark Consumer Action Center steps in. You can call and talk with a member of Team Clark for one-on-one advice, which is a free service we've offered for just a whisker less than 30 years. It'll be 30 years in February. And 10 to 4, Monday through Friday, Eastern Time Zone, you can talk with a member of our team. Again, it's free. 636-49-CLARK is the number. And I want to talk about something that could pull your hair out. I mean, I got this bald spot on the back of my head just because of trying to remember passwords. Not really. But, uh, you know, the password thing is such a pain. And it really is not effective. And so lately, it's been all about the two-factor authentication. So we're going to talk about what is the next step since neither passwords nor two-factor authentication have worked. Password managers, a little bit. What's coming now that actually is available to some of us already, I want you aware. Also, there's a car insurance startup that I'm watching closely, and it may be a good opportunity for you to save good money on your car insurance. The car insurance that we buy, why do they market so much? Because they want to cover up how much they're charging us and be cute and try to get us to go with them because they got flow or they got a gecko or they got uh, who knows what is a gimmick to get you to think, oh, that's so funny. Maybe I'll go with them for my car insurance. I want to talk about alternatives that are becoming quietly more part of the marketplace. Okay, so passwords, they're a joke, right? We know they're a joke. You can use one of the password managers and make it a little less of a joke, but then twice password managers have gotten hacked. I mean, this is a problem because the internet was originally designed as a university-based research tool. And it was all about collaborative. It was never designed for the purpose we use it now that's so awesome with the ability to do so many things online. But a lot of the stuff we're doing is sensitive. And so the password thing is just like a patch on a very complicated system. So the temporary answer had become doing the two-factor authentication where you would get a text to your cell phone and you punch in a code which led criminals 
to engage in the SIM swapping fraud, where they would con your cell phone carrier that they were you and that you were transferring your service. And then before you know it, your phone no longer works because your service was stolen so that people would then get your two-factor authentication and go in and try to steal money from your accounts. I mean, it's just been one thing after another game of whack-a-mole, and the criminals trying to stay one step ahead of them is really hard. So now the industry, working together, believes they've come up with an answer that all the bigs are in on, and it's called passkeys. Apple, Google, Microsoft, and a bunch of other companies are in this alliance about this new standard called passkeys. And you may get an email that you can't make heads or tails of, or it just looks so weird you just delete it. But you may be offered by someone to go in a beta for a passkey service. Uh, People that use Android phones are able now to sign up for a beta and Apple is expecting soon to make it a universal offering for people on iPhones and iOS 16. So what is this thing anyway? It is a method that the technology gods believe will secure the internet in a way nothing before this actually has. I'm not smart enough to tell you it's actually going to work the way they intend. But everybody who's into this stuff says it's much better than what we've had to this point with the passwords. We try to figure out how to create the password managers, the two-factor authentication, because what it does is it involves your phone, which pretty much everybody has, as a device that is able to authenticate you are who you say you are, generally using something that, Krista, I'm going to bring you in, you have always talked about, and that's where biometrics become the way we're verified. And the brightest minds in the technology industry believe that what you used to talk about from a movie called... Minority Report. Minority Report that we were going to get to the point where the way we would be verified was by some form of biometrics. Yep. And that's what this is about. Here we are. And you're going to steal my eyeball or something to steal my money? Is that what happened? That happened in the film, yeah. Tom Cruise was in that. It's 2002 was the film, and you were identified by your eyeball. So people would do eyeball transplant, like, back alley surgeries to get someone else's eyeballs to hide your identity. Okay. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Okay. We'll go to some questions here. Um, (laughs) David in Virginia says, my daughter will be studying abroad with Virginia Tech, go Hokies next year. Do you have any suggestions of credit cards for students that will not have any international fees? She has a Discover student card, but she's found Discover is not accepted everywhere. How about debit cards to withdraw cash? And, there were at least four parents who wrote in with similar things. Their students are going to be studying abroad in the spring or summer. So I'm sorry to those I didn't read, but hopefully it was also they had questions about taking cash out as well. So if you could address. Sure. 
Okay, so let's deal with the cash out first. Anybody who has business with Charles Schwab, you're set. Because Schwab has a debit card that you can use at ATMs around the United States and around the world with unlimited fee-free withdrawals. And so when your daughter is studying abroad, she'll be able to go to an ATM in whatever country she's in, whatever currency they use. She'll be able to get cash out at the banker's buying rate, the real rate, not paying markup or markdown on getting the money. And Schwab will absorb whatever fees there are for using that ATM. That is the hands-down best offer in the marketplace on getting cash overseas. There are others, usually online banks, that allow you a certain number of cash withdrawals overseas free of junk fees and where they absorb your ATM fees. Anybody who, um, you know, it's very large membership-based, USAA Federal Savings Bank members are allowed, it's four free withdrawals a month. There are a number of offerings from big credit unions and online banks that you avoid the fees on the ATMs. Now, let's talk about the credit cards. Thank goodness there are a ton of credit cards now without annual fees that offer transactions overseas free of foreign currency transaction fees. You could, with credit cards that you have, get your daughter as an authorized user on one that does not charge foreign currency junk fees. Something very important for you to know, for your daughter to know, and anyone else with a family member, friend, yourself, a student, child of yours, traveling overseas. There is an ugly, ugly trick now when you travel overseas where at a retail store, a restaurant, wherever, maybe without asking you, or they will ask you and try to trick you, say, wouldn't you like to clear this transaction in dollars? The answer is no, because you will pay a junk fee up to 10% or around 10% of the purchase anytime you say, oh yeah, that's so nice of you to offer to do this in dollars. No, you want all your transactions posted in local currency using a card that doesn't charge you foreign currency transaction fees. We have a simple guide at Clark.com of the credit cards, the best that we believe are the best, with no foreign transaction fees. And we've got it set up like the Olympics, you know, gold, silver, bronze, in different categories. You can see that and find some ideas of cards. If you don't already have one that'll work for you, David, allowing you the fee-free foreign transaction fees that you can get your daughter, the authorized user. Monica in Ohio says, I've been buying CDs for years through my credit union. Well, some of them earlier this year renewed at 0.069%, and now they're offering 3% on 12-month CDs. I also started an online bank savings account because of your suggestion, and that bank is offering 4% on 12-month CDs. The penalty is 180 days of interest for early withdrawal from my credit union. Would it be worth it to take the penalty and put the CD in at 4%? Oh, yeah, because you're paying, you're getting paid by them seven one hundredths of 1%. 
What do they think they are? One of the giant monster mega banks paying that? That's crazy. So yeah, pay the penalty to get out because it will cost you nothing of meaning in this case. And the rates have been going up and up and up. And think about over the last six weeks on the podcast, all the different ways I've talked about for you to take your idle cash, if you have some, and earn more on it in savings, CDs, money market funds, Series I savings bonds. And I need to talk for people that are higher tax bracket at some point about how they can earn on municipal bonds right now. Stephanie in Connecticut says, I have several credit cards, but I pay them off every month. Often, I pay them off before the statement bills, and then my statement shows a zero balance. I was recently told by someone who heard a professor in an economics class say that you shouldn't pay off the credit card before the statement bills. Is that true? So, Stephanie, it can be too much of a good thing if it's showing no account activity, but your credit score probably is fantastic right now. So, let's look at what makes up the elements of your credit score. So, number one, and accounting for more than a third of your score is that you pay every bill on time every month. I mean, weirdly, one missed payment can have a significant impact on your credit score for a significant period of time. Two missed payments, oh my goodness. So just by paying every bill on time every month, that gets you more than a third of the way there. Then you get to two-thirds of the way there combined with that when you're doing very low utilization of your credit, which you are doing by having basically zero balance against your available credit. What the professor is talking about is it may look like you're generating no activity on your accounts. And so that could potentially be a problem for you. But if your credit score is doing the things you're doing, if it's above 760, keep doing what you're doing. What I like to do is pay down a balance before the billing date and show a utilization of less than 5%. That's the ultimate manipulation of credit scoring, credit reporting. It's only necessary if you have a screw loose in your head like I do, or you're going to be doing a major purchase later that manipulating your credit score up, it will be a big advantage to you. But if your score is just rock solid, Stephanie, don't worry about it. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. And I want to talk about this up next. If you don't drive a lot of miles, there's a startup that I talked about when it was experimental that's now expanding the states it's in that could save you a ton on your auto insurance. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Seems like there's always a trade-off trying to get a better deal on auto insurance. And starting in 2006, first as an experiment and now common in the industry and growing in sophistication and privacy invasion, are the devices that Progressive first came up with tracking how you drive, but in a pretty rudimentary fashion. Now, that's really something the auto insurance industry is all in. And the tracking is getting steadily more sophisticated. So the whole time you're driving, the eyes and ears of your insurance company are with you, but the benefit is that you may well get a lower insurance rate. But auto insurance is really starting to hurt because the cost of repairing vehicles, the cost of paying off a totaled car, so high for the insurance industry right now. Plus, something happened to us during COVID. As a general rule, people across America are driving much more dangerously today, much more aggressively than they were three years ago. And that's led to an increase in the fatality rate, the injury rate, the accident rate, and the cost of these claims for insurers. So you got rising costs of processing each claim and the number of claims going up at the same time. So insurers are not being crooked by raising rates, but everybody has their own profit goals, their own methodology and all that. And at the same time, a lot of people don't want the invasion of privacy that comes with dialing back some of these rates by allowing the insurer to plug a device in your car and track everything you do. Or in some cases, insurers put an app on your phone or have you download an app on your phone. And then they're tracking how you drive through the app on your phone and generating rates that could be higher or lower for you. Well, when it first came up as a tiny little startup, I talked about what could be a really viable alternative for a lot of people, and that's Mile Auto. Mile Auto that today is in nine states. In the next few months, they should be covering, by their guess, about two-thirds of the population across the country. And they just were able to raise more money for expansion. So what they do is they provide a real deal to people who drive a smaller number of miles a year, typically less than 10,000 miles a year, They bill you strictly based on the miles you drive and your prior history as a driver. So you pay a base rate and then you pay per mile you drive. So people who drive 
less than the national average of miles, get a lower rate, people who drive more pay more, so it's especially appealing to people who drive less than a typical driver. And my goodness, there are people who live in more urban situations who may drive only like five, 6,000 miles a year, could save a fortune in a situation where you're paying per mile like this. So this is a company that has been active in the big states they're in, California, Texas, and Georgia. They're in six smaller states, and they're expanding to New York and Florida, New Jersey, Wisconsin, a lot of the big states, and they'll be somewhere most of the country before too long. Ultimately, they plan to be a 50-state insurer, but every state would have to be willing to have them write what they do. And you may find that the quote from them is not reasonable, but it's really a good idea for you to check to see if they're in your state, and if they are, get a quote from them. They do not spy on your driving. The only thing they want is they want pictures of your odometer at certain times for validation, verification of what you're actually driving. And what's cool is the phone knows when the picture was taken, so you can't cheat on the odometer reading. Let's hope you wouldn't think to do that anyway. And being billed for what you're driving and not being billed at the national average of miles could save you a lot of money. Is for the customer service, to my knowledge, Krista, we've never had a compliment or a complaint about them since they started up. I haven't seen one. Yeah, so I I have no information at all if they're a good insurer or not. That I can't tell you. Okay, Jacqueline in Connecticut says, my 16-year-old new driver got into a bad accident. Oh, I'm sorry. Glad she was driving my old but very safe car. The car will definitely be deemed totaled by the insurance company. There will be a two to $3,000 insurance payout. With the current used car market, we're thinking of sinking a few more thousand to bring it back alive. I'm the only owner, and I took very good care of it. It only has 135,000 miles on it. My 16-year-old loves the car so much, and so do I and is begging me to get it repaired. I know the repair cost exceeds the value, but I don't think I will be able to get a five to $8,000 used car with a strong body, and that was what saved my kid with no injury. Should I get a newer used car instead, and if so, what make and model? Jacqueline, the, first of all, I'm glad your child's okay. I mean, the fear of every parent with a new driver is the inexperience leads to a tragic auto accident and how wonderful that your 16-year-old is A-OK. So you know the history of the car. You also know the recent history that was in this bad accident, but you love the vehicle. Your kid loves the vehicle. I think it's fine for you to fix it because, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, but the used vehicle market, although the prices are trending down, It's going to be a long process for used vehicle prices to be back where they were before the disruptions in the market because of COVID. So I think the known quantity of that vehicle, fixing it up, I don't think I've ever said this, but this is an unusual time. I think it makes sense to do exactly what you're considering doing. 
Owen in Florida says, being single, I don't really buy much from Costco, and there are a lot of other discount stores closer to me. With that in mind, and the fact that I'm being charged over $100 for a membership fee, is it really worth it to buy my eyeglasses from Costco? Okay. Um, If you are not regularly shopping at Costco, then, Owen, it may not make sense. But first of all, if you're paying that much, you're paying for the executive membership you could drop back to the regular, which right now is 60 And what you would save buying eyeglasses at Costco versus buying at normal eyewear places, you will way more than make up the $60 savings. And uh, there's a lot of things at Costco that are really great price, and it doesn't matter that you're just one person buying. Think of clothing which is such a big deal for them. Uh, Think of electronics. All the categories where Costco's low, low markup makes it really useful for an individual. One category where it's really hard is in food. And I went recently when I was doing a story on inflation and we were comparing the costs on groceries at Costco versus other stores and Bulletin Costco was much, much cheaper The problem was the joke that people Saturday Night Live did forever ago is true. Most of the items in food, the quantity sizes you have to buy are too big for a single individual, potentially for a couple. Okay, and this one's from Martin in California. I'm in the market to buy a new laser printer, but I'm super confused about using third-party toner cartridges. I see the major manufacturers are all charging a lot for replacement toner cartridges, but there are some very affordable third-party cartridges with some very scary instructions on how to move the chip to get them to work. I guess my question is this. Is there any one brand that is friendly toward the third-party cartridges? Okay, first of all, hewlett Packard, what you did with the digital rights management and hiding behind a statute that Congress passed forever ago for different purposes is infuriating. And now a lot of your competitors have copied you and gone to DRM, which is what makes um, the printer shut down cold unless you go through all these hoops to use third-party ink. And Hewlett-Packard's whole business model is based on selling printers at a loss and then charging you thousands of dollars a gallon equivalent for the toner. It is just an outrage. It is a true Clark rage. (laughs) So I want you to go to the library, or if you have a library card, get digital access to Consumer Reports and read their review of printers that have affordable ink. There are a number of options now that don't do the Hewlett-Packard ripoff. And what they do instead is they charge you a real price for the printer, and then the ink is affordable. The largest seller of these devices in the marketplace is Epson with their ET series of printers. The ET series of printers people are really polarized about. I use one. I love using it because basically the ink costs nothing. And the printers are more money than the HPs, but you're not dealing with any ink costs typically for years. And when you do need ink, ultra cheap. But there are now other choices in the market, particularly on a 
black ink laser printer. And that's why I want you to go see the latest Consumer Reports right up on it. Even if you have to pay for one-time access to Consumer Reports, it would be worth it. And Krista, based on what you've told me in the past, if I gave you an Epson Eco or Echo Tank, however you say it, printer as a gift, it would go straight to the landfill or you would re-gift it because you hate well, those echo tanks i have eco. one we echo or have, eco i don't know we have one at home and we don't really use it because it's just been a struggle with the software and getting everything to work maybe it's us but i don't know i'm thrilled i mean i've been using them as you know since the line first came out and the first wave of them were very unreliable and i'm not having that problem now right but uh just know the epson et series do what you want them to do. They don't rip you off, but you may not like the printer. Just just saying. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review or sending it to a friend. 